Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. We are starting this series called Rise. It's, it's rising up to the potential that God is calling us to in life. Rising up to the potential of what we see in ourselves and what God is calling us to be. We're going to talk about leadership. We're going to talk about what it means to rise to lead in the kingdom of God. We're going to talk about what it, what it means to rise to follow Jesus in discipleship. And we're going to talk about what it means to rise, to reach out, to, to love and reach out to your friends at school, to your families, and what that means for us. This week I'm going to introduce that whole idea, and I want to introduce it with this main idea is that you just need enough faith to step out of the boat. You just need enough. You don't need perfect faith. You don't need 100% faith. You just need enough faith. What do I mean by enough faith? I was watching this Snapchat story that was like cooking on a budget or something like that. It was like this fantastic Snap story. And, and I'm watching this, and he, and he explains while he's making homemade pasta and he says, so, so if you were to go ask an Italian grandmother what the ratio is, how many grams of water to how many grams of, of flour she would use to make these noodles, she would respond with, guanto basta, which means the right amount. So she doesn't get, they wouldn't give like a 180 grams to 250 grams. She wouldn't do that. She would say, guanto basta, which means the right amount. So you just pour in ingredients until it's the right amount, until you have dough, and then you make your noodles. Guanto basta. This is what I'm talking about tonight, is that when it comes to how much faith we need to have to step out of the boat, I'm not asking for 100%. And I don't think Jesus is asking for 100% either. But he's asking for guanto basta. He's asking for the right amount. He's asking for enough to take the next step. And the perfect example of this, the prime example of this, is Peter. Peter in the Bible, he starts out being named Simon. So if you see that in scripture tonight, that was like his given name. And then Jesus gives him a nickname that's Peter. That means the rock. He builds his church on the rock, right? So Simon, Peter, you'll see that. But he's a prime example of his guantabasa. Just enough faith. Because he lives in a boat. He's a fisherman. He, he has this boat that he feels comfortable in. It's his whole world. I want you tonight to see boats as a metaphor for comfort zones. I want you to think of the boat that you're sitting in. What is your comfort zone? For a lot of us, it's Netflix on a comfy couch with your friend next to you, not talking but snapping and keeping the streak alive, right? Like you're not talking to each other, but you're watching Netflix together. So, so think about your comfort zone and how hard it is for you to step out of that. That's what I want you to connect with tonight. Maybe it's your clique of a friend group. Maybe it's that you never reach out to anybody who's different than you. Maybe you have never talked to an unpopular kid and, or maybe you've never given a chance to a popular kid. Whatever your comfort zone is, I want you to hear that tonight in the boat that you're in. Peter is as about an average of a guy as you could imagine. I want you to imagine an average person, that's Peter. He's a, he's a fisherman, he's, he's no scholar, he's no rich elite, he is a fisherman, just a good old boy doing no harm, all right? He's just fishing for a living. But Jesus sees something in him, and he's calling him up to more. And Peter, over and over again, is self-conscious about being good enough. You wanna, you'll see that, or having 100% faith, but Jesus never calls him to that, which should give you peace in your heart 
that you don't have to have perfect faith either in order to take the next step. So the story all starts in Mark chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. It goes like this. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, that's Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once they left their net and followed him. So there's an interesting, two interesting points here. If you're, if you're savvy like I am, you read that and you go, what kind of person just turns around, leaves their whole living and immediately follows someone? Good question. First, the commentaries, the people smarter than me say, well, word probably gets around, even though they don't have Snap and they don't have group text, the word probably got around that Jesus is around, he's in town, he's doing this thing, he's saying a new kingdom is coming, okay? So it's kind of as if like Brad Pitt walked up to you and your friends hanging out and said, hey, you want to hang out? You know, it's like that kind of thing. You're like, oh, that's the, that's the dude from the movie. Like he's, so you imagine this scene, right? But also... When God calls out to you, when God calls you to something, when you're spiritually being led to something, it grabs your heart in a weird way. Even though it sounds stupid, even though it looks senseless, but you see Jesus. You see Jesus, and your heart reacts to it. And so there's this moment, I just imagine Peter and his brother, like they're standing there, you know, and they're like, hey, this guy's yelling at us. What is he? Oh, come follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. He's talking about fishers of men. I don't know what he's talking about. We're fishing for fish, man. I don't know, should we go? I, I don't know, I think that's Brad Pitt. I, I think that's Jesus, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's, oh, G, Jesus, yeah, that's Jesus. Uh, should we, like, leave the net? I don't know, I, I don't know what to do. He'll probably say something about us leaving the net or taking the net with us. I don't know, just don't take anything. Are you stressed? I, I'm stressed. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. Shut up, don't say anything. We're just gonna turn around on three, just all at once, okay? All right, ready, shut up. One, two, three. We will follow you. <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's the scene I get in my mind. So, they're now following Jesus. They have, they have turned and followed Jesus. So they've been with him for, for a moment now. And we're going to fast forward to a scene where they've been on tour a little bit. They've started their whole Jesus ministry tour. They've, they've driven out some spirits. They've healed some people. And now he's preaching. Jesus is preaching to a bunch of people. He's out in a boat. They're on shore and he's preaching to them. And uh, apparently he wraps up and says, all right, see you next week. And the, and the crowd like goes away. And here's what happens. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked all night and haven't caught anything. Like, he, I think he, like, catches himself talking back to Jesus. He's like, but I mean, if you say so, like, I guess I could do that. This is a guy who has seen Jesus heal people. Like, raise the dead type stuff. And he's going, but I just remembered you're Jesus, so I will do it. Okay. That's not 100% faith. That's not full, all-out, perfect faith, is it? It's like enough. It's just enough for that situation. It's guanbabasta. It's just enough. And so he moves, he moves the net, he casts out deeper. And Simon said all that. And then when he had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners and they said, hey, come over because we can't pull this in because our boats are sinking. Our boats are sinking. I want you to remember that. When Simon Peter saw this, he, he falls at Jesus' feet and says, I'm not worthy. Like, I know you're God, and this is freaking me out, and I don't know how to respond, and I know I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I get it. And then Jesus goes, hey, don't worry about it. Like, don't be afraid. Don't, don't stress about it. And he, he encourages Peter, and then he picks him back up and says, I'm going to teach you how to be fishers of men. We're going to change this story. 
And so one, I want you to see that their boats, their comfort zones couldn't hold the blessing of God when he was pouring it out on them. And I want you to think of that in your life. Can your boat even stand the blessings of God? I think if we try to stay in our comfort zones and receive the blessing of God, I think our boats will sink under the pressure and it'll force us to step out on the water. But there's another way. There's another way. And this happens in Luke. What's happening here is that, um, sorry, this is in Matthew. What's happening here is, is Jesus had got done healing some people. They just got done feeding 5,000 people, which is just nuts. They started with five loaves of bread and two fish. It was a miracle. And, and Peter is like trying to process all this because he's just a human, you know what I mean? And he's walking around with God on earth and he's trying to make sense of all of this. And this moment happens where Jesus says, hey, you guys go on ahead of me, get in the boat, go into the lake, I'm gonna catch up. Like nobody asks like, how you gonna get there? <laughs> but Jesus was like, I'm tired and I'm just gonna go pray. And all my introverts are like, amen. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I'm just gonna go be by myself for a bit. And so all night this storm roars for these guys in the boat and they are scared to death. And Jesus, as dawn breaks, decides, I'm gonna go to them now because they're probably at the peak of their fear and he's walking out and they go, oh my God, it's a ghost. And they get really scared. <laughs> it's true. They thought it was a ghost. But if you imagine someone was walking on the water and there was storm raging and, and sea like shooting into your eyeballs and like you can't make out what's happening. But something stupid happens in Peter's heart. Senseless happens in Peter's heart. He had enough, he had enough faith that when he saw Jesus, something happened in his heart and he said, I, call me out there, I wanna go, I wanna do it too. Stupid, senseless, but he saw Jesus. And all of a sudden he steps out on the water and he's the only man on this planet that I'm aware of that has ever walked on water. And there's other, his bros are in the boat, but he's going, Jesus, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. Oh my, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the waves come up and he starts to get scared and he's going, oh, 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 and then all of a sudden he starts sinking and Jesus grabs him and he goes, you have a little faith, you have a little faith. Hey, next time don't doubt, don't doubt. And they go back to the boat and the storm calms. I want you to see two things. Peter had enough faith to take the next step. He didn't have perfect faith because he sunk. And maybe for you, you've had that experience where you took a step of faith and it didn't go so hot. But I want you to see that the first thing he did was he called out to Jesus and said, Jesus, save me. And Jesus said, hey, come here. I got you, man. And he encourages them. And then he encourages his next step. But I also want you to see, I think we read this passage and we, and we imagine Imagine Jesus as like this drill sergeant of going, you dirty slug, I can't believe you doubted. You know, like that's, that's the way we imagine Jesus. But that's not consistent with the rest of the gospel. What Jesus's tone probably sound like was, hey, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. I can work with that. Let's try this. Let's try this next time. And I also want you to see this, that that was just enough faith to walk on water. And then Jesus filled in the rest. But there was also a bunch of dudes back in the boat that didn't have any faith in that situation at all and were willing to go down with the ship in the storm. So my question to you 
So are you willing to have enough faith? Quanto basta? Are you willing to have enough faith to step out of your comfort zone? I, this last year, um, had this experience where I was terrified of going to Africa and I'm leaving on Monday. And I was terrified of going and I, I still have that fear. There is no perfect faith by any means in this situation. And it's stupid and it's senseless and it doesn't make any sense. But I see Jesus. And so I just had enough faith. Jesus filled in the rest and he said, I got you, I got you. And I stepped out on the water. And it feels like walking on water, I'll tell you that. And I leave on Monday to go to the other side of the planet to go work with people who are doing ministry on the other side of the planet. That's huge. But that was my comfort zone. This home is my comfort zone. So my question for you is, what is your boat? What is your comfort zone? And are you willing to step out of it? You're about to see a baptism. Someone walking into these waters, not with a perfect faith, I guarantee you. Not 100%, but enough faith to take the next step. Could you have enough faith to walk on water? So, so Peter was never perfect. Peter was never perfect. He was never 100%. He didn't have this perfect faith going into anything. And maybe you feel that way too. And even the student that just got baptized, it wasn't perfect, but it was enough. And Jesus meets her where she's at and he says, hey, I got you. Whenever you need me, I got you. And I know you'll never be perfect, but I got you. And Peter was so far from perfect, unbelievably far from perfect. There were moments where he would see miracles and then he would doubt right after. There was a moment where Jesus was about to go to the cross and be crucified, about to be ripped to shreds and spit on for the sin of the world. And he asked Peter to do one job. It was like, hey, can you stay up, keep watch, and pray? Peter falls asleep. And Jesus comes back and the soldiers are coming to take Jesus away to be crucified. And Peter decides it's time to defend his honor now, so he gets out a sword and attacks and lops off a soldier's ear. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? And he picks up the dude's ear and puts it right back on. He says, knock it off. Peter was so not perfect. Peter was so unbelievably not perfect. But then there's this moment where the hammer finally fell. And Jesus told Peter, he said, hey, there's going to be a moment coming up that you're going to deny me three times. To almost to my face. And Peter's like, I would never do that. I would rather die than do that. I, I love you. I've followed you for like three years. You're my best friend. I'm not going to. But maybe that's you. Like how many times have you said you'd never do that thing and then you did it? How many times did you say, I would never do that to them, but you did it? How many times have you said, I'll never say that, but then you said it. So the hammer finally drops because Peter follows Jesus as the soldiers take him away. And he comes to this place while they're taking him out to be on trial and he comes to this place where there's a charcoal fire going and he sits down around people and the people start going, hey, you're that guy who was with Jesus. 
goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And then another person goes, yeah, you're from like Galilee. You're not even from here. You're probably with him. And he goes, I have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know the man. And then finally, someone says, I know, I saw you with him. And he goes, I don't know him. And he looks up, and right as he looks up, he looks into the eyes of Jesus staring back at him. And he weeps bitterly. Because what Jesus said just came true. The hammer fell. And maybe that's where you're at tonight. In your life somewhere, the hammer's fallen. And the thing that you said you would never do, you've done. And the thing you said you would never say, you've said. And you can't take it back. What now? So they take Jesus. He's innocent. They crucify him, rip him to shreds. But God knew it all had to happen. Because someone needed to take the punishment for the sins of the earth. And that was Jesus. The only one that could ever be 100% perfect. And after that, he appears to his disciples. The tomb was empty. He raised from the dead. That's what people are talking about, resurrection, when you hear that word. The tomb was empty. He's appearing to his disciples in this new heavenly form. He's risen from the dead. He's God, and he's, he's checking in with these guys. But even after that, Peter is so destroyed at the fact of how hard he failed, at the fact of how hard the hammer fell and how much of a disappointment he was and how much guilt he felt. That even after he had seen the resurrected Jesus Christ Messiah, he decided, I'm gonna go back to fishing. There's, there's no way I'm good enough for him to ever talk to me again, let alone use me for all the stuff he was talking about. And so he's hanging out with his dudes one day beside the shore and he gets into a boat and he says, I don't know, we might as well go fishing. And then so they go out about 100 yards. And what happens next is one of the most beautiful stories ever told. And I want you to see yourself in this story tonight. Because one more time, Jesus calls Peter out of the boat into the water. Jesus comes to the shore of where they're fishing. It's about 100 yards out. Imagine like from here to the Westridge, right? 100, 200 yards out. And Jesus yells out, hey, you catching anything? And they're like, we've been fishing all night, nothing. He once before was fishing all night and caught nothing. Do you remember that story? And you can almost see the smirk on Jesus' face to go, try the right side. And I'm sure they're just like, whatever, stupid. Fine. They throw it out. All of a sudden, the boat moves. And they have this catch that they're like, are you kidding? And they can't even pull this net in. And one of them goes, that's got to be Jesus. And Peter goes, Jesus? And he jumps into the water. And he doesn't waste a moment. And he starts swimming towards the shore. And the guys follow him in the boats with the fish. They're dragging him back alongside it. And Jesus is waiting at this campfire. This fire. The last time they made eye contact with a fire between them, it was the worst moment of Peter's life. It was the most traumatic moment of his life. And now Jesus is recreating this atmosphere to go, do you remember that, Peter? Do you remember that? Do you remember when we first met and you couldn't haul in the blessing that I was about to pour into your life? Do you remember that? 
Do you remember when we walked on water? Do you remember when you saw me and you literally jumped out of a boat and a miracle happened? Do you remember that? And he walks up to the shore and there's this charcoal fire burning and he could smell it and it brings him right back to that moment where he's looking through the crowd and Jesus is looking back at him saying, that was what I was talking about. But now he's got this second chance. And they stood around and they cooked breakfast and they're having fun, they're being buddies and Jesus looks at Peter and he goes, hey, do you love me? Peter goes, yeah, I, I mean, I love you as much as a human could love you. I, and he goes, well, take care of the church, take care of all my people. And he asks them again, do you, hey, do you love me? And Peter's like, yeah, I, yes, I answered, yes, absolutely. And he says, well, take care of my church, take care of my people, my flock. And one third time, Jesus says, hey, do you love me? And G Peter's starting to get like achy in his heart. He's like, yes, I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. I, can, I, I love you. He goes, all right then go take care of the things that I've called you to. Rise back up to what you thought, what you, what you knew to be true. You have given up on me, but I'm calling you back up to rise. And he goes on to say a little bit more about Peter's future, kind of doing his whole Jesus thing, and then he ends with, follow me. Follow me. Get back out of your boat one last time and follow me through this. And there's something I want you to see here. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Three. How many times did Peter get the chance to tell Jesus he loved him? Three. That's a balanced account in a beautiful moment. And there's something that we don't get to see in just these standard translations that the original text shows. And I'm just gonna translate it to layman terms. But really how Jesus said this in the original language was, Peter, the first question he said, Peter, do you love me with a perfect love? And Peter said, in that language, I love you as much as a human could love a human. It's not perfect. And he asked again, he says, Peter, do you love me with a perfect God-like love? Peter says, this is all I can give. I mean, I, I love you as much as a human can love a human. I don't, I don't know what to say. And Jesus, the third time in the original language says, Peter, do you love me as much as a human can love a human? He goes, yeah, I love you as much as a human could love a human. And here's another moment of Peter not being perfect, of Peter not being 100% but instead being enough and relying on Jesus to fill in the rest. I hope you see, if you take anything, anything from tonight, is that Jesus is not calling you to be perfect. Why? Because in that moment he made eye contact with Peter when he denied him, that night that he was going to die, It was almost as if he was looking at him saying, this is exactly why I have to die. It's because 
you can never be perfect, but I want to be perfect for you. And I can almost see it motivating Jesus to go to the cross. To say, I understand God. I understand, Father. These, these, these people you love can never add up. They can never be perfect. That's why you sent me. Is so that I could be perfect for them. And when they start to sink, I'll pull them back up and I'll say, I love you. You had enough faith, but next time, don't doubt as much. Take the next step with less doubt. Every time these people that you love so much fail, I'll be right next to them. And every time they just have a little faith, just enough to step out of their comfort zone, I'll be right next to them and I'll fill in the rest. I don't think Jesus is calling us to be perfect. And hopefully that's a huge weight off your shoulders. I think Jesus calls us the quanto basto, the right amount, just enough to take the next step. Pray with me, Jesus. You're the perfect one. Uh, we can never be perfect. And some of us lose our minds trying to be perfect. Perfect for our parents, perfect for our friends, perfect for our coaches, our teachers, whatever. And we can't sleep at night because we're so, so tied up in this idea that we've got to be perfect. I don't see that as a possibility, God. I see you sending Jesus to fill in the margin where we can't be perfect, to be perfect for us. I pray for the person in this room tonight that the hammer has fallen, that they feel despair and guilt that they could never look you in the eye again. I pray that you would bring their chin up to look into your eye one more time to hear how much do you love me? I'll meet you where you're at and I'll never let you sink. I pray that tonight in our small groups that we're not a distraction to the conversation but that we add to it. That we genuinely care about the people around us. That we genuinely listen to the needs of our peers and that we're honest about where we feel like we've gotta be perfect, but we don't have to be. Thank you for sending Jesus to be perfect for us. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students.